This is not a test. This is happening, America. And welcome to our first pilot podcast. I'm here with musician, singer-songwriter extraordinaire Justin. And uh, I am here with former Hollywood producer, television producer, writer extraordinaire Mark. We're both extraordinary. Very. Especially when we're talking about each other. (laughs) How are you tonight, Mark? I'm doing fantastic, Justin. How about yourself? I am brilliant. All right. And modest, too. Very. very. We are very excited to share our opinions about all of the happenings going on in our wonderful country of America right here, right now. Hit the theme song. So, this is our first podcast. It's our pilot episode. So, you guys, the American people, get to decide if we get picked up or not. Of course, tonight is a big night, and we're going to let it fly. We're going to let it flow and see what happens, which is apparently what we're going to do tomorrow, because as we all know, tonight is the eve before... Tonight is election eve. Tonight, it is election eve. All the good boys and girls go to bed and wait for Uncle Sam... To deliver a, a president under their election tree. That's how it works, right? Something like that. I think that's, I think that's how most people understand it. But I, I'd like for that, it to work that way this year. That would be fantastic. And I would love Uncle, Uncle Sam to deliver us a presidential candidate. I'd take Teddy Roosevelt. I'd take Teddy Roosevelt, too. I'd take Grover Cleveland. I'll take Andrew Jackson. I'll take... Well, I'll take just about anybody else. I take point. any one of the <laughs> I take any one of the 21 Bulgarian presidential candidates. That's right. Absolutely, because as you may or may not know, we're not the only country having an election currently right now. No, that's that's true. Bulgaria has just finished its first round of presidential election voting. Yeah, check this for thinking outside the box. And they're not the only ones that do this. I believe France does it as well as Italy for some of its uh, for some of its mayors. But the Bulgarian presidential election actually has two rounds of voting. So what happens is in the first round, you've got all these candidates, and I think there's like, like Justin said, there's like 22, 23 of them or whatever, and they go through the first round of voting, with, which just happened on the 6th. And now a few of them have dropped out, so now they're going to go to the second round of voting, and after the second round of voting, whoever has a majority is going to become the Bulgarian president. And, and then they go on to the semifinals, I would imagine? And then they go on to the Sweet 16, Okay, Sweet 16. Right. When does the uh, Gladiator-esque Eliminator factor into the decision? I think that comes after they have the ceremonial coin toss for the first uh, round of debates uh, that leads to a 64-team playoff, (laughs) a Rochambeau tournament, followed by another round of general voting And then what's going to happen is the news media and the other politicians in Bulgaria are going to actually pick the president. Gotcha. So in all seriousness, this uh, this is 
rather important. There's a huge refugee crisis on in Bulgaria right now, uh, and about 6.8 million Bulgarians are going to the polls to choose who their new president's going to be. Now, unlike our president, Mark, a Bulgarian president is mostly ceremonial, uh, you know, kind of more like the vice president of, of our nation, and they're ruled by a parliamentary system, so they also have a primary, uh, prime minister, and that's where the real power in the, uh, the Bulgarian uh, system lies. Gotcha. So it's a little bit more like Britain than it is America. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, good thing for them because, you know, as you know, it's not always the best thing to have one person who's in power. It's better to have a democracy. It's better to have a lot of voices. It's better to have a lot of opinions out there that we can all listen to so that we can all be heard and so that we're not fighting over each other's words and we're not name-calling each other and we're... Kind of just, you know, debating the issues, seeing which side sounds best, and making an educated decision on what we should do. Right, which is exactly what we have here in the United States. Thankfully, it you know, would be incredibly embarrassing uh, if we were, you know, lobbying, you know, lobbying our American values and, and star-spangled awesomeness at uh, Eastern Europe in the middle of this uh, uh you know, horrible refugee crisis, and we were unable to get anything done in our, our in our uh, democratic uh, system. No, absolutely. I mean, leave it to I mean, please leave it to us silly Americans to just you know lob a bunch of sex scandals and emails and you know words of words of anger and hate and division all over the world, <laughs> so that they can Mark, just, so what that, is this? Italy? It must be. It must be. Hey, what you talking about? Uh, but in all seriousness, there there is a presidential election tomorrow, and uh, unless you've been living under a rock, this has been one of the most divisive elections in recent memory. I'm pretty sure if you were living under a rock, you would have still heard something about, you know, grabbing this or that, or WikiLeaks, or Russia, or everything that pretty much doesn't have anything to do with being an actual president. So, there's that. And at the same time, it's interesting when you look at how divided we are as a country, because we've got two, pres- two presidential candidates that pretty much have the lowest percentage of voter approval, that, if you will, to ever run for president of our country. I mean, whoever becomes president tomorrow or the day after, depending on how long it's actually going to take to count up every single vote— De- de- depending on concessions. I'm positive at, uh, CNBC will have this wrapped up by about 11.45 p.m. You think 11.45 p.m.? I think 11.45. When do the polls close on the West Coast? Uh, about 11.45 p.m. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so they'll have it wrapped yeah, up. Their vote doesn't matter. We don't care about the West Coast. Get, get on Eastern Standard, guys. Seriously. That's what the whole world revolves around anyway. Right, right. Just like the whole world revolves around America. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, so, Justin, what, you know... Not that we need to educate America on the issues of our presidential candidates because they have a lot of issues. But what's your feeling about uh, what's your feeling about our presidential candidates and and what we could potentially be facing in the next four years? Honestly, Mark, uh, it's looking like either pantsuits or bad hair. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is true. Either way, either we're in. Way. We're in for either four years of pantsuits or four years of bad hair. Either way, E uh, E Online's fashion police are going to have a lot to talk about as far as our president. Absolutely, concerned. we're looking at at least at least five more seasons. 
I, I just don't get this doom and gloom aspect of, of the last, uh, you know, recent memory uh, in terms of the election cycle. I, I said this to my, my students uh, today. I, I can promise them that after, no matter what happens tomorrow, the country will still be here on Wednesday and it may look a little different, it may feel a little different. It will still be here in four years for the next election. You know, um, what is going to happen in the next four years that is going to so fundamentally alter the shape of the world? And I guess the answer to that is that I've heard other people say is, you know, well, a, a crazy person is going to have their finger on, on the, the button for the nuclear arsenal. And first of all, there, let me reassure, there is no button for the nuclear arsenal. So there isn't? There is no button. Like, the president doesn't get to flip the bust of George Washington on their desk and, and fire the nukes. That's not how it works. That's not how it works? Like Mission Impossible that style? Is, that is not how it works, Mission Impossible style. That's so disappointing. So, so The president just became so less cool to me. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's the, <laughs> the problem with being a constitutional, <laughs> constitutionally elected leader of, you know, the free world. There's a whole with a, mechanism with, at play with a that Senate and a House of Representatives and three separate branches that offer checks and balances to each other. Yeah, and the Joint Chiefs and the command structure and the chain of command and the, you know, the ability to not obey an order that you think is being given out of context or. Um, but, Justin, you know, surely that doesn't actually work. Surely all the conspiracy theorists are right and that there's a bunch of, you know, illegal backdoor back dealing, kickstarting, nonsensical, like, I'm a movie plot from Air Force One coming into play here, isn't there? Uh, I, no, no, there's not. Really? Really. Man. So, I mean, I guess my point is, if, <laughs> as bad as it could get, as bad as it could possibly be, uh, it's, it's not going to be that bad. Um, we lived through George W. Bush. We lived through Richard Nixon. We lived through Herbert Hoover. Her, her, hey, <laughs> Herbert Hoover gets a bad rap, but you know, we've lived, <laughs> we've lived through James Buchanan. We've lived through the civil war. We've lived through Abraham Lincoln, who is often regarded as our best president ever, um, uh, who was actually a dictator for 13 weeks in his presidency when Congress just wasn't in session and, and started a war by calling for a couple thousand volunteers to put down a rebellion in the South. I mean, we've, we've lived through it. We've lived through it all. And uh, at the end of the day, people, you know, as frustrated as they are, people really do love this country. And you, you got to believe that what they're doing, they're doing because they think it's the right thing to do. And we have to, you know, meet those people where they are and and help them see that where they are may not be the place where they need to be or want to be and absolutely and i would say like as a final kind of closing thought you know when you really take into the global world perspective of us as a country we're still a relatively new country (laughs) you know like we think we've been through it all no britain's been through it all france has been through it all germany's been through it all you know, there. Uh, you know, Brazil's been through it all. There's so many countries, so many other countries have been through so much more over thousands of years of time versus our few hundred. And culturally, that's true. And, and maybe this is where it comes into play. Culturally, that's true. They have been through it all. But as governments, the, all of those governments are, you know, less than or just about at this point, 100 years old. Yeah. So there cul- have been government changes. There have been revolutions. There have been massive 
just massive changes to, you know, constitutions or doctrines that, uh, that, that govern these people. I mean, most, I mean, when you really think about the history of Europe and how they really started as a bunch of tribes. Absolutely. And Absolutely. grew yep. like we, and you know, we started off as, we started off as a tribe of pilgrims in the Northeast and separatists mark they were separatists separatists right of course yeah no absolutely yeah imagine that back then we were the bad guys according (laughs) to britain (laughs) so again it all comes down to the worldly the perspective and a worldly perspective makes you realize that on the on the global grand scheme of things we are still a relatively new country trying to figure it out and and on and on the opposite end of that a new country trying to figure it out with uh, and for the modern age anyway the oldest of of modern governments. So a culturally young nation with one of the longest, with one of the longest standing governments. So figure that one out. There you go. All right. So there's an election happening tomorrow, but there are a lot of other things happening in America right now. Oh, totally. There's crazy things happening every day. And sometimes the best news stories are right in your backyard. So that's why we're going to present you with some local news from around the country. For the record, we didn't make these up. This isn't Weekend Update. These are actually real stories. 100% real stories called from the internet. Yep. Okay, so here's your local news. The first one I got for you comes to you from the tiny state of Rhode Island. Where we're from. Go figure. Anyways, in Barrington, Rhode Island... A man sent in a letter to the editor uh, to the local Barrington newspaper detailing his beef with women wearing yoga pants. Uh, he described them as the worst thing in women's fashion since the miniskirt. Hey, listen, it's just an opinion. And he goes on to say that the fashion faux pas belongs in the yoga studio and women over age 20 should never wear them in public, ever. Pretty strong words. Um, but public outrage besieged our poor fashion expert as hundreds of furious yoga pant-wearing women showed up to his neighborhood, protesting the chauvinistic nature of dressing up to appeal to a man's visual pleasure, which they claimed this guy was, you know, writing words of hate and all that good stuff, and women have had it, which I can understand. Uh, According to the yoga pant hater, the letter was meant to be a joke, and uh, that the death threats and expedite-laden voicemails he's received remind him of his trauma that he's faced as an openly gay gay man. I'm the last guy to give fashion advice, but if you can't see the irony of pissing off a bunch of yogis so bad they're sending you death threats, all I can say is namaste. (laughs) (laughs) I I see and respect you as well, Mark. Um, Here's a story coming out of uh, England about the United States. Uh, Bees. Mark, what are your thoughts about bees? I don't have a problem with bees. I mean, what kind of bees are we talking about? Honeybees? Sure. Honeybees. They make honey. I like honey. What's wrong with what's wrong with bees? I don't know. When I think of bees, I think of Winnie the Pooh. What I don't think of is bees on the endangered species list. Seven types of yellow-faced or masked bees, once found in great numbers in Hawaii, are now on the endangered species list. Wow. That's, like, not good. No, no. Uh, Albert Einstein once said that uh, without bees, we'd all be dead in three days. Yeah, because for those that don't know or who every time they see a bee jump and run for cover like they're, you know, like they're napalm, um, bees are actually probably one of the most helpful animals on the planet. Bees are the ones that pollinate all of our plants, and plants are the things that send oxygen up in the air so that we can breathe. Breathing is important. 
I do remember that from my uh, biology yeah. class. Yeah, breathing's kind of important. Um, if we don't breathe, uh, we suffocate and die. I believe or, that. I believe that is the curriculum, Mark. Unless we can all afford ventilation systems. Uh, well, if you can't afford ventilation systems, here's a story out of Canada on canned air. Canned air. This is this is not a spoof from Mel Brooks Spaceballs. This is a real story out of Canada. Wait, somebody actually invented Perrier? Uh, yes. Yeah. So this is a this is a story out of Canada. Uh, Canadians are selling cans of fresh air to China. So you may or may not be in uh, be in the know that uh, China Beijing is uh, experiencing some some of the worst pollution levels on planet Earth. There are smog clouds descending upon uh, the city of Beijing uh, that cause public health alerts. And uh, this Alberta based company called Vitality Air has been cashing in on Beijing's worsening air qualities. They are canning in aluminum cans fresh, clean air and oxygen from the picturesque Rocky Mountains for between $10 or $20, depending on the size of the can. And uh, Vitality Air is um, marketing uh, this to China's e-commerce website, Taobao. Uh, and they're sending another seven, yeah <laughs> they'll be sending another 700 bottles of uh, air to China in the upcoming weeks um, to follow up their first 500 bottle shipment uh, quote Vitali- vitality air quote we have sold everything and we now have a bunch of customers and people wanting to be our distributors it comes as Beijing grapples the highest levels of pollution ever to be found. Uh, they've issued their first red alert, red alert warning, uh, canceling schools and uh, requiring people to stay inside. Wow. That's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. That's a lot of pollution. It is a lot of pollution. Which kind of segues to, the, to my next story. And I don't, know, I don't quite know if the pollution is this bad in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but... Somebody there thought it would be a great idea to, to develop an, an app that helps you identify bad smells from around the streets of Pittsburgh. Yeah. So somebody actually took the time to develop what's called Smell PGH, which, of course, stands for Pittsburgh. Smell Pittsburgh. You can get it for your iOS or your Android phone and it allows Pittsburghers, I guess that's what they call them, uh, to report unsettling scents and rate them on a scale of one to five. I'm not making this up. You can literally go to the go, go to your Apple iTunes go to the Apple iTunes App Store. Not sponsoring Justin and Mark's this is happening in America show yet. But when you go to Smell Pittsburgh, you can rate how your air smells right now on a scale of one to five. Either just fine, barely noticeable, definitely noticeable, it's getting pretty bad, or about as bad as it gets. Oh, it's it's definitely noticeable in here. You can describe the smell or source of the odor, any symptoms linked to the odor, such as headaches, sore throat, eye irritation, nausea, um, rashes, I'm guessing. I don't know how bad the odor has to be to do that. I hope I never have to find out. You can also add a personal note to the health department, and you can send it to the smell report. Mark, what kind of person do you think um, pulls out their phone and indexes the smells they're being exposed to? Well, see... I have a hard time thinking about that because I mean, it's not something I innately do. Like when I smell something bad, I tend to like get away from it really quick. I don't like to stand there and write a book report on it on my phone no. because I'm not that fast to type on the phone anyway. 
But more importantly, I want to know the person that actually developed this. I have one or two theories about it. Either one, somebody really just is that sensitive to bad smells. Or two, this is somebody who had a chronic disorder as a child to either leave crap on people's doorsteps or snap those stink bombs in the hallways during, during class or stuff rotten, rotten fish underneath somebody's seat in their car. And they really just want, they're, they're really just looking for contrition at this point. That's terrible. That's terrible. I actually knew someone who, uh, when they were moving out of an apartment, when I lived in Worcester, uh, they were moving out of their apartment and punched a hole in the wall. Uh-huh. Uh, and put a dead fish in the wall and then sealed it up. That's evil. It is evil. Why would you do that? I don't know. It's so crazy. I wasn't, I just want to be I, clear. I did not do this. This was not, wasn't you? It was not me. I was okay. not there when it happened, but this individual uh, who shall remain <laughs> nameless bragged about it sometime thereafter. Um, and ironically, one of our other friends eventually moved into this apartment. Oh, God. And I didn't believe him at first. But uh, come summertime, that oh. ap- that apartment was quite rank. Trout, flounder, I, salmon. I don't bass, know. Octopus. Uh, uh, I'm I'm going to go with uh, largemouth bass. Largemouth bass. All right, fair enough. At least it wasn't talking. If only they or had. All, if only they had smell PGH. Yeah. Or I guess that would that would have to be smell. Sm- smell Wormtown. There you go. Shout out to Wormtown. Mm-hmm. This brings us to uh, one of our recurring segments on the show called Mark Explains Things. And if you want Mark to explain something to you, uh, write into the show uh, via email. We'll give you that link uh, later at the end of the podcast. Uh, but this week we have uh, a request for Mark. Can you explain to us how a star is born? How a star is born? Yes. Uh, how a star is born. Okay. Well, I mean, I got to go, I got to go back into, um, I got to go back to high school science class. Um, all right. So here's how a star is born. Okay. Somebody decides that they're going to start a YouTube channel because they think they're super talented. Okay. So Uh They, they start a YouTube channel, okay, and they put up a bunch of uh, a bunch of videos of themselves singing a bunch of random covers, uh, hopefully by people that are famous, okay. And you know, for for whatever reason, and this is the ma- this is the magical part, they get a lot of followers, okay, and they keep posting and keep posting, and eventually, somebody like Usher discovers you <laughs> on YouTube. Thinks you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And there you have it. A star is born. I, that would be the Bieber star, yes? That would be the Justin Bieber story, as uh, I understand it. I, I, I uh, just did look that up, and uh, that is, in fact, how a star is born. That is how a star is born. I don't lie. That, and uh, that is Mark explaining things to you. So if you'd like Mark to explain something to you, uh, you can write into the podcast with uh, your request for Mark explaining things to you. Thanks, yeah, Mark. You got it. All right. Well, it's about that time now before we close the show. That brings us to our uh, our the close of our podcast. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Mark, you're going to close us out with. Uh, yeah. Well, before I do, just uh, Justin, you got anything you want to plug? 
Um, I'll uh, plug. Uh, you can find me at, on my Twitter at ShadesJM or uh, online at JustinMaraMusic.com. And yeah, while we're at it, you can find me on Twitter at the Court of MVB. Cool. And uh, yeah, so we're going to close our show with this week's pick from the Basket of Deplorables. The Basket of Deplorables, because Lord knows there are actually a few in this country. And uh, I got one right here uh, from the tiny state of Delaware. A former nurse's aide, as a matter of fact, who was just sentenced uh, to prison for stealing valuables, keepsakes, and other precious items from at least 46 elderly residents for more than 12 years. She was uh, just sentenced to 65 years in prison. Uh, Her name is Susan Gwynn. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And uh, she was caught stealing uh, these items at uh, at an inn at uh, the Olentangy Trail, just south of Delaware, when surveillance video showed Gwen entering rooms and carrying an empty purse, which, uh, when she left, was uh, bulging, apparently. Uh, so, according to, uh, you know, according to the report, um, when she was asked to speak, uh, she looked at uh, mostly the relatives of victims and said, I'm deeply sorry for the pain and loss I've caused you. I know in my heart that this will never happen again. It, that's because she's going to prison for 65 years? Yeah, that Well, yeah, I would imagine so. Okay. So at least she's being factual. Yes. Yeah, so that was nice of her. Um, so uh, shortly after she spoke, she was taken back to the Delaware County Jail, where she has spent the last 145 days, and if served consecutively, she faces a maximum sentence of over 100 years. Um, but I met she'll be quite old by the time she gets out. She'd be like uh, in her 150s. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, some of that vitality air might kick in and, and help her out. <laughs> um, but reaching further into my into the basket of deplorables, I have uh, her attorney, who after being uh, after being asked about his uh, reaction to the uh, sentencing, said that it's ridiculous. Which do you think is worse, raping a child or shoplifting a bunch of jewelry? The, those are those are false equivalencies, Mark. Well, well, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, the lawyer said. Yes. <laughs> so, anyway, it just goes to show you, just when you thought you could at least trust the nurse who's giving you your IV to make you feel better, you got to make sure that um, she's not stealing your wallet. So. Or your walker. Or your trust. So that's been it for our pilot podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to check out some more, uh, there's a few ways you can get in touch with us. Firstly, there's our Twitter handle, at T-I-H underscore America, because somebody already took T-I-H America, you jerk. And you are welcome to email us at thisishappeningamerica at gmail.com. And you can also, of course, there's always our website. This is happeningamerica.weebly.com. And if you are on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash this is happening America. So with that, this is Mark. This is Justin. Signing off somewhere across the landscape of our muddy country that, depending on who you ask, can never be anything less than great. This is happening America. Bangarang. We're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time.